Welcome to Mihinte on Air on 100.5 and 790 News Radio WSGW and online WSGW.com. Now, here is your host, Larry Rodarte. Buenos noches, mi gente. I'm here, I'm Mihinte on Air, and I'm glad you are with me tonight. Today marks a milestone with our show. We today mark the six months since we started. And this is our 25th episode. I am thankful that I can use this platform to talk about issues affecting our community, our culture, and concerns, while bringing awareness of Latinos, who they are, and their contributions to our greater community. I'm humbled by the very idea of hosting this show, and I know it comes with a great responsibility. It's fun, it's exciting, and sometimes scary. And I've had so many amazing people as my guests these last six months. Well, today we have a familiar voice over the airwaves. My first guest is Dave Maurer, who is the Operations Manager Program Director for Alpha Media, the parent company of WSGW. He was the first person who reached out to me in regard to developing this show. So I guess I better be on my best behavior as we welcome Dave Maurer to the studio today. Hello, Dave. Hi, Larry, and we're pleased to have you on 100.5 and 790 WSGW. This show has just been a phenomenal success from all accounts that I've been able to gauge so far from audience feedback and some of the things that I've seen, and uh, pleased to have an opportunity to talk to you about how it all came about. Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested. I, I know I've gotten the shorter version of the, the explanation of how Mi Gente on Air came about, but I wanted my listening audience to really understand how Mi Gente on Air was developed and how it came about. Sure. Our market manager, Mark Thomas, came to me and he said, I've been approached by Kareem Bowen, who does a program on our sister station, uh, WTLZ. It's called Straight Talk. And he's reaching, uh, that radio station is dominant with the uh, African-American community in Saginaw and thereabouts. And uh, Kareem wanted to reach out to a broader audience, and he wanted to reach to the WSGW AM and FM audience. And uh, he talked to Mark, and we came up with the idea for another show called United Shades of Grey. And then Mark said to me, are there any other groups in the com community that we ought to be reaching out. The idea was to try to have greater understanding between the races and between the different peoples in the community to uh, learn more about one another and, their, as you said, their culture and contributions. And uh, the first thing that came to my mind was that we had done a 15-part series a number of years ago. It's many, many years ago now. It's called Follow the Seasons. We did this extensive series about uh, people that first came to this area working in the migrant stream, and we did a story about the difficulties that they had and how important they were to the agricultural community in the area. And I also, uh, in that one, an award from the Michigan Department of Education for Hispanic Affairs for what we did with that 15-part series. It won a lot of awards uh, locally and in the region. And I also was aware that there were, at that time, probably, or if I have my numbers right, about 12,000 people of uh, Hispanic origin in the Catholic diocese, 11 county area. So I knew there was a large Hispanic population. And so I explained to Mark, I think that's the way we need to go. And he said, well, who can we get to do uh, that show? Who would we uh, bring on board to do that? And you were the first person that came into my mind. I was aware of Mi Gente, 
mm-hmm. and uh, I was also aware of some some of the things out in the community. I was uh, at one of the leadership uh, Hispanic leadership institutes, one of the first ones at Saginaw Valley State University, and you were the moderator for that. Oh yeah. And uh, so long ago, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So that goes back quite a ways. So I was familiar with that and some of the other things, and I was always impressed with your Mihente magazine. And so we got together and we talked about it, and you blew me away when you came in and we were doing the interview, and I had no idea that you had uh, a background in broadcasting, that you had actually gone to Specs Howard School of Broadcasting yes. and had worked for AAA. And I thought, oh my gosh, this thing is just falling together. It's really coming together. And that's why I came up with the idea of calling it Mi Gente On Air. Yeah. I have yeah. to be honest, I did not know what Mi Gente meant. <laughs> and I then found out that it means my people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought, this is just, just a natural for us to do this kind of a show. And, and then I learned a lot more about your background and some of the things that you've done and the things that you do with La Civica and uh, some of your cooking uh, things that you do. And... And through your shows, these first uh, 25 shows that you've done, uh, the many, many contacts and people that you have in the community that you've been able to bring in, and uh, from entertainment and culinary and, uh, and so many different things, uh, educating people on uh, the contributions of the Hispanic community. So it just became a, a real natural for us to be doing this uh, kind of a show. Also, we had already started the show in the series when your, uh, unfortunately, your father passed away. Yeah. And that was the first I learned of the contributions of the Rodarte builders, uh, how many homes they had actually built in the, the previous century here in the Saginaw area and uh, had a huge impact and uh, all the more reason to point out the contributions of different people that you're aware of uh, in, in the community. So I'm kind of rambling on, but uh, that's how it all came about, at least from our standpoint and from my standpoint. Well, you know, with, with Dad passing, I, I was reeling from that, and I think that really helped the idea of um, bringing Mi Gente on air for me because uh, it kept my mind busy, and I know my dad, my dad was one of my greatest cheerleaders, of course, as mm-hmm. well as my mother. And unfortunately, dad didn't get to, uh, see, neither of them got to see Mi Gente on air, but they were uh, always supportive of Mi Gente, the magazine. And dad would religiously, of course, uh, read Mi Gente, and uh, I would leave it in his mailbox because sometimes um, when we would receive it, uh, we'd have to go sometimes to Detroit because that's where we print. Um, I would leave it in his mailbox so he could oh, okay. uh, get it first thing in the morning. He was always so happy for that. So, you know, I, it's it's really uh, something that uh, I, I'm doing this show. And like you said, uh, my background in broadcasting with Specs Howard, if, if anybody has gone through that program, they know mm-hmm. uh, how uh, what a great program that is for broadcasting. And it's old school. The way when I went through it, it was in the 1990s. So I... It was early 1990, and so, I mean, it was old school the way with less technology than we have today. We didn't have cell phones back then, so, <laughs> I mean, it was it was really different. So I, I'm glad I was um, educated in the old school way with Specs Howard, and uh, after so many years, I used to work at uh, the AAA traffic reports with AAA back in the 90s, and after so many years, find myself in broadcasting again, it's, it's, it's really surprising to me, myself, but... Um, the big question here, I guess, I would have is, how am I doing? Hey, you're doing great. You're doing fantastic. I, like I said, I think we hit a home run with doing this. I hope you're getting good response in the community. I know you are because I follow 
uh, some of the things that you do. You do a great job of cross-promoting through not only uh, on air, but uh, social media and some of the interaction and feedback that uh, you get from that. And I learn a lot from it. I always enjoy seeing the pictures of uh, (laughs) the guests that you have and, and watching some of the segments and everything. And that's the way it is in this day and age in our world. It's not just radio anymore. It's it's multimedia, and I think you're doing a masterful job with that. And I think it's uh, really, really working well. And one other thing I forgot to mention that I was impressed by is uh, when my daughter-in-law was in a leadership class uh, out at uh, Saginaw Valley, one of the things they did is uh, the group built a float that was in the Cinco de Mayo oh, yes. parade. And I pulled it with one of our station vehicles in the parade. And that was the first time I'd actually experienced a parade. And I didn't realize how big that parade was (laughs) and the size of crowd that it drew. And that it all ended up down on Ojibwe, where you then had a festival following the parade. So Cinco de Mayo. Uh, yeah, yes. so just many, many contributions that you do in the community. So you are a community leader, and I think it's important, and some of us uh, contributing a lot to the community, that we ought to have a way to uh, get the word out about all those things that you and, and the people you're associated with are doing uh, in bringing people together here in the Great Lakes Bay region. Oh, thank you very much. And, uh, you know, your, your daughter-in-law has come to many of the functions at the Union Civica Mexicana, which which is the oldest Hispanic civic organization here in Saginaw. Not only she uh, would come, but also her kids, your grandkids. And they, they they, from the very first uh, Dia de los Muertos celebration that we had at the Union Civica, and I believe it was in 2012, your your grandkids came and they would uh, put their faces in calavera faces with makeup. And Mm -hmm. uh, your daughter-in-law, Leti, she would always uh, make sure that they were prepared and that they were um, uh, just engrossed in the whole celebration itself. Mm -hmm. So it was beautiful to see them. And then when I saw your grandson, like last year, I couldn't believe how tall he is. He's as tall as you, probably, right? Yeah, he's taller, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's... uh, has his own car now. He's 16, and uh, wow. yeah, he's uh, over at Heritage and then plays in soccer and uh, awesome. skiing team and uh, and other activities that he's involved in and track. Uh, but, yeah, the kids grow, and my granddaughter just became a teenager. So, uh, But the kids uh, do follow their culture. Uh, their mother was born in Mexico and then raised uh, in El Paso and became an engineer and came to uh, Saginaw, and that's where she met my son. And um, but we have traditions when they come over on the holidays or if it's someone's birthday, uh, they they always sing happy birthday to the individual celebrating the birthday in English. And then the kids (laughs) sing it in Spanish immediately afterwards. So uh, uh, the kids are multilingual and uh, which I think is a good thing. And and Letty in her job and with her background, uh, a couple of times a year, she has to go to Mexico uh, to conduct training at a factory uh, down in Mexico. So. Um, it's, it, I think it's a good uh, relationship all the way around. So, yeah, I've got some personal connections in addition mm-hmm. to what we are doing professionally. Yeah, we're going to have to bring Letty in on the show, uh, Mi Gente on Air. Yes, yeah. her contributions in the community are also important, and I think that it is very interesting to, to hear about that. And I'm also interested in that segment that you said you did around 12 years ago with the migrant workers? It was, it was more than that. Uh, Christine Mahoney was a reporter that worked for me. Oh, wow. And uh, then she left here and she went to TV5 for a number of years. And then she went on to Denver. And now uh, then she moved to Boulder. And uh, now she is a uh, journalism professor at uh, in Boulder. Wow. And uh, But the series was uh, in-depth. 
Uh, we started talking about uh, you know the camps and some of the conditions people had to uh, endure in the camps and how it was to have to uproot and travel and how to educate the kids and how to get health care. And, uh, and then we talked to some people that were successful and liked the area and found their way to, while the, the seasonal work is important, uh, long-time permanent employment uh, is vital, too, to families. And that's how a lot of families got their start here in this area, going back decades right. and decades. And why they stayed. And why they stayed. Mm-hmm. And, and so that made a, an excellent series, uh, again, educating our audience about uh, you know what those people uh, had to endure and uh, how they had succeeded. And so, again, that's kind of a, a grassroots thing that uh, went into part of what we're doing here with this show, trying to help yes. people understand. And in, in, in today's climate, Dave, how important do you think it is to have programming like this on WSGW? I think it's very important, and, and that's why we do it. We have the commitment, and we're always looking for other things that we can do that are local. Uh, we have some good syndicated programs around on the weekend, but by the same token, if we can get some good local programming that helps local people have a better relationship and a better understanding of other people, uh, we're going to do that. And uh, I think it's time time well spent on, on our air, and we're glad, only too glad that you're uh, willing to do it and make the commitment uh, as, as we continue. Yeah, and it is a commitment. And I mentioned earlier on the show about the responsibility. And, you know, I, I'm really appreciative of having the platform to do the show, Mi Gente On Air. And as you mentioned, uh, it was your idea to have the name Mi Gente On Air. I, I wanted something else, to be honest. Oh, but, is that right? Oh, really? But, you know, it's, it's really... You never expressed that. I know, but <laughs> the thing was is, you know, I've I, you know, been publishing Mi Gente the magazine, first mm-hmm. a newspaper, now a magazine for 26 years. Mm-hmm. And for some reason at the time when you ca- we came up with this idea and I was approached, I was like, man, I want something else. But it's funny how it just goes hand in hand. And I am really appreciative of the idea that you had the gumption to keep me, Uh-oh. you know, with me hint yeah, on air. Yeah. And, and uh, I had the logo already pretty yeah. much. Oh, okay. And you just had it on air and we, there we go, you know, with the first show on November 15th, 2020, during the height of uh, the, the surge of the pandemic mm-hmm. and me losing my father, everything else. But I, I think it, it was a calming voice for me to go through that process, believe it or not. Nobody would ever think that, but to get my mind away from what was happening in my personal life. Yeah, and yeah, so thank sure. I thank you for that, and I thank you for uh, and WSGW and Alpha Media for the ability to have me hint it and uh, commit yourselves as well as uh, pushing me to uh, do better every week, week after week. Well, that's part of what our license with the FCC is. Uh, you have a license to use of public airwaves, and we also now use stream and a lot of other methods of getting information out. But it was uh, important for us to serve the community and, and needs of the community. We do that. Uh, we file a programs and issues list every quarter about what the community's needs are and the issues in the community and how we have programming to address those needs. And this program helps address the needs in the community. And uh, the other thing regarding Mijente on Air, I think it's just a natural, and in the business world, if you're going to market something, it's good that you have continuation or consistency in what you're doing. And uh, so I think by having your, your magazine and also having the exposure on air, it should help uh, both sides. It helps our audience. It should help your readership when people hear, hear about it and learn more about it. Uh, I know I'm sure you had a lot of people who were uh, dedicated subscribers to the magazine, but I can't help but think 
making more people aware of it uh, has helped in in both cases. Yeah, it it really has helped, and and and. During this pandemic and all that we've gone through, it, it's it's really been an asset. And I'm fortunate that we're able to talk not only locally about what the contributions are, but also also nationally, because everything that's happening in our country, I think it's important. And, you know, highlighting, of course, Selena, because she was like kind of the patron of our magazine when we started 26 years ago after her passing. Mm-hmm. And being able to talk to like the son of Sasa Chavez, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that was really huge. And, and, and then actors uh, like Sadie Lopez from uh, the Selena the movie, as well as uh, Tejano superstar Michael Salgado. I mean, it's it's really nice to be able to, to give them that voice to not only my listeners who are Hispanic, but those that are non-Hispanic right. in the greater community so that they're mm-hmm. more aware. And I know that with Selena the series, as popular as it has been on Netflix, I think it's in the top uh, 10 still this week. It's really nice uh, to be able to share the the, out, the ins and outs from the executive producer, Jaime Davila. And that was a show we did like two weeks ago. So that that's mm-hmm. really awesome. So thank you so much. Thank you for being with me on Mi Gente on Air today, Dave Maurer who is a voice, a calming voice in the mornings, every morning. <laughs> we try. And, yeah. yeah and, I, and sometimes I say, man, I wish I had a voice like Dave. He's got that baritone voice that is just. Uh, <laughs> comes with age. <laughs> You'll okay. get there, Larry. You'll yeah, get there. I'll get there, hopefully, uh, if I'm lucky, right? Well, we hope to have you around for a long time to come. We think the show is uh, very worthwhile and a uh, success. And uh, not only on our air, but we reach all around the world. There are people everywhere that can can hear this show. As yeah, I'm sure we will pick up more and more people. You never know where they're going to be listening. Yeah, believe it or not, I, I have some former exchange students that are listening from Germany and Italy. Really? Believe it or yeah. not, oh, and yeah. Mexico. Yeah. So, uh, great, yeah, great. That's, that's a true statement. Sure. Thank you again, Dave Maurer, for being with us on Mi Gente on Air. And thank you for the opportunity. Gracias. Recently, I was invited to Saginaw Valley State University's Diversity Council meeting, and I was invited by Dr. Mamie Thorns. Everybody knows Mamie, right? They have been working on a very robust set of diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives with the assistance of the campus leadership and the DE&I Council at Saginaw Valley State University. And it's really important that we pass along this information to you today because I was really blown away by what's going on at SVSU. And one of the goals on which they have been focusing on is to show continuous improvement in the recruitment and retention of diverse students. And today I have Dr. Roberto Garcia, a great community leader who is the director of the Office of Multicultural Student Affairs, and Jennifer Powell, director of admissions. Welcome to Mi Gente on Air. Dr. Garcia. Hey, how you doing, Larry? Great to be here with you today. Thank you for taking the time to be with us. Do we also have Jennifer? I know she was busy in in a meeting, and uh, I hope that she's with us as well. I am here, Larry. It's a pleasure to be on with you. So thanks for having me. Wow, you made it. I I really appreciate you taking that time because uh, Jennifer had emailed me and said she was getting out of a meeting at 1040 or 10.45, 2.45 and didn't know if she was going to be able to be on the show. And here we are. We've got them both. And we're going to talk about how important it is, the cardinal commitment at Saginaw Valley State University. Who wants to start? Jennifer, if you'd like to talk about the Cardinal Commitment, that would be excellent. Wonderful. Well, first of all, thanks for uh, having us here. And, you know, um, it's really exciting to talk a little bit about these initiatives that Saginaw Valley State University is is, is incorporating out this year. And 
And uh, I, first, let me just say it's a pleasure to be here. I am uh, born, and, born and raised here in Saginaw County. And so this uh, region and everything that we're doing, uh, working with the students that are out there right now, is really a, a passion of mine. And so I've been at SVSU now for 21 years and all here in the admissions office. And I get to work with a lot of the students and families from this region. And so um, the work that you guys do, putting out there all the information and sharing it with, with everybody is, is really important. So thanks again for having us. And um, one thing that I wanted to talk about, the amazing opportunity that SVSU has really rolled out this year is, is something called the SVSU Cardinal Commitment. And yes. ultimately, it is a, a basically a free tuition guarantee for qualifying families. And so uh, we definitely want to get the word out for students and families who may not have thought that you know, either a college uh, university degree was within reach or that their families couldn't make it work. Um, this is maybe an opportunity to let them know that it is attainable and, it, and, it, and there's help out there. They just have to kind of start looking and asking questions. So, so this is perfect timing. Um, but, but essentially for, it, for our incoming um, freshman students, so those graduating seniors who are finishing out, and have families that have a, a family gross income of $50,000 or less, um, they can basically meet full tuition guaranteed um, without having to take out any loans or any additional pieces. There's more to it than that. But, wow. You know, my biggest, yeah, it's pretty amazing, Larry. That, that so. is amazing. My God. Oh, so uh, if you have a family income of under $50,000, you are eligible for the scholarships to attend SVSU. Absolutely, and it's a four-year guarantee as well. So it wow. isn't like they're just coming in the first year and then figuring it out on their own. This is a four-year commitment, and as we said, it is the SVSU Cardinal commitment to our families. So, yes. How great is that for our area, for our community at large, and for our students, those who are graduating class of 2021? That is awesome. That is awesome. Yep. And, and you pointed it out, you know, this is something that we definitely plan to do long term. So it starts with this fall 2021 class now, um, but it's, it's our hope for those that are going through this as juniors and sophomores in high school and freshmen looking ahead. You know, it's a commitment that we're going to have. Well, you know, this class, 2021 as well as 2020, you know, during this pandemic, they had it very difficult. They were the ones that really... Uh, weren't able to go full class face-to-face, uh, -face, and we thought it was only going to be a temporary issue back in March and April of last year, and how long has it been? It's been about 15 months where it's give, give and take, and so I feel like this is something that I'm so glad that they're able to get, that they're able to uh, benefit from as students, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and honestly, you're right. This last class, they have been champions. I mean, they have been hit hard from every direction. You know, everything has been kind of up in the air. And, 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 and so I, I'm so proud of them. I'm working on, you know, graduation and commencement ceremonies in the high schools right now as they go through and finish. And it's, it's awesome. I am so happy to be celebrating with them, their accomplishments. And, and it only can go up from here, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, we have to go on break real quick. But I, again, we're talking with Dr. Roberto Garcia as well as Jennifer Powell, who's the Director of Admissions. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about that cardinal commitment, as well as a new initiative that is happening at, on the SVSU campus that Dr. Garcia is going to head up and talk to us about. And I'm really excited about that as well. Great things are happening in our community, especially at Saginaw Valley State University. And we will be right back with Mi Gente On Air.
This is Mihinta on Air on WSGW. You're listening to Mi Gente on Air on WSGW. Welcome back, Mi Gente. Thank you for being me, with me this Sunday evening as we talk about contributions, concerns, and culture in our community with the Hispanic community. And I'm really excited to introduce again Dr. Roberto Garcia. I'm so happy to say that, a doctor a his, with a Hispanic surname. And Roberto is a good friend of mine. He, I remember him very young and how far he has come through the SVSU educational system. And now he is the director of the Office of Multicultural Student Affairs. Dr. Garcia, how are you today? I'm doing well, Larry. Very, very good to be on with you today. Um, I'm just very excited to just share, you know, um, first and foremost, I would love to say that um, Saginaw Valley is a great place to be, and I'm glad that you're giving us this opportunity to celebrate all the wonderful things we're doing out here um, on our campus community. How long have you been on that campus? And I'm talking about from the first time you were a student there. What year was that that you started and just give us a little background information. Well, Larry, um, uh, fortunately for me, um, I've been here since 1999 um, as a student here at Saginaw Valley State University. I earned four degrees here. Wow, Larry. four <laughs> degrees. Four degrees at Saginaw Valley. and It's just a great place for, um, for our um, youth to look at as an opportunity. I never... Um, had really um, thought about higher education as an opportunity for me. And Saginaw Valley was right in my backyard as I was born and raised in Saginaw, Buena Vista. And um, it was affordable and has created so many opportunities for me as a student, but also as a professional. They've been very supportive. And I have to attribute my educational experience and the support I've received here at Saginaw Valley as to why I was able to obtain my doctorate degree. Wow, that is awesome. Jennifer who Jennifer Powell, who's the director of admissions there, can you tell me how you are able to work with Dr. Garcia for the advancement of uh, students of color there at the on the campus of SVSU? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I think it's a real partnership across the whole university. We have a lot of different, uh, you know, people, administrators and staff who are really vested in kind of giving opportunities to students whenever we can and whenever we can partner around initiatives to just get into the community, to be a partner with our community members or the local churches or some of those. I mean, that's kind of how we want to build those relationships and make sure people know that, you know, we're here and and we're, we're vested in in building some of those opportunities for our students and families. So it's a real pleasure to kind of work with, uh, you know, Dr. Garcia and, and many of the other staff here on campus to build some of those ideas and suggestions that we need to have uh, moving forward in the community. So, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I, and I still I still love to say that, Dr. Garcia. I mean, it just, it's, it's just awesome to, to be able to, to say that on Mi Gente on air. And, you know, I got to see you, Robert, uh, Roberto, I should call you Dr. Garcia, right? 
No, saw, it's, I, it's, it's uh, <laughs> Roberto, Rob is fine later. We go Rob, way back. Yeah, yeah, we do. And uh, I saw you on the Zoom meeting for the Diversity Council, and that was the first time I had seen you in a long time. And I saw you got some uh, hair there growing on your face. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, been, it's been so long. I mean, it's been 15 months, really, since we went into the lockdown during the pandemic. So things have changed. I mean, a lot can change in that period of time. Tell me about the changes that are happening at SVSU and what the big announcement was for that Zoom meeting. Well, um, again, thank you, Larry. Um, I was very excited to be a part of the meeting um, that we have Friday, which is our diversity, equity, and inclusion um, part of our um, our initiatives we here we have here at the university. The big announcement is is that we will be um, unveiling a multicultural center here in the fall at uh, Saginaw Valley State University, and we're so excited to have this space that's going to be dedicated to understanding diversity, equity, and inclusion, and also providing a resource for um, students as they navigate the different social justice issues encountered by minoritized populations and groups. And so we're so excited because we believe this is going to provide opportunities where students shop and navigate, you know, their higher education um, experiences. They're really looking into, you know, enrollment decisions are based off of these vital areas. And this um, center is going to help support the recruitment, retention, and graduation efforts of these underrepresented student populations. Now, is that where your office is going to be there in the new cultural uh, office? Yes, we will be um, relocated um, to the student life area, which those that are familiar with SVSU is our our student life area is by a rotunda area, and it's just a high traffic area for our students um, that are on campus. So we are very um, happy to be in the center of where everything happens. Is that where the area where Kathleen Chintaka's office kind of is? That is exactly right, and I'm glad you mentioned Kathleen. It would be uh, uh, it wouldn't do any justice if we don't mention Kathleen Santaka. Yes. She is um, a great supporter of all multicultural initiatives, but she has a special um, insight and special relations with a lot of our Latino students. Yes, yes, and another name that uh, comes to mind at SVSU, and Jennifer, you may want to hit on this a little bit, is, is Carmen Stricker. Yeah, I don't have enough words that I can say about Carmen. Carmen knows everyone and I think is related to everyone that yes. I know in Saginaw yes. County in some way. So, um, yeah, Carmen is, is um, out there working really hard. And, in fact, um, she's actually hosting, uh, as we speak, a, a, an opportunity for our uh, Saginaw High and Arthur Hill, uh, Bridgeport, uh, Buena Vista, well, uh, Bridgeport students to come in and um, work with her directly one-on-one right now about any you know, questions they have about the, you know, university or, or just the next steps they need to take, the financial aid process, the application process. She's working with them all as we speak right now. So um, she is definitely out there and working in the community hard. Yes. That's awesome. That's awesome. And for students, uh, Hispanic students, I'm going gonna, gonna to say right now, uh, because this is mi gente on air, how important is it, do you think, Dr. Garcia or Jennifer, if you want to pipe in on this, how important do you think it is for them to have a multicultural office or center? What, what, tell me the name again. What is the name going to be? It's going to be our multicultural center. Um, I think it's very important, Larry, as we talk about representation, mm-hmm. right? So I, re- I can recall when I came through higher education, 
Um, there was a guy that's still on campus, uh, John Flores. Yes. He was the director of the multicultural um, office when I came through. And that identity, being able to, um, who to, to this day, I go to John for a lot of professional advice. He's been a great mentor to me and for me. And so having representation in higher education, because um, a lot of times um, Latinx people, that we don't um, have those uh, representation in higher ed. So this is a great opportunity to highlight our culture. And uh, we also will be planning for our Hispanic Heritage Month events. And, um, Larry, I, I know you're going to be happy to hear this. We are very focused when we open this center to not just celebrate Heritage Months. So traditionally we do Hispanic Heritage Month, Native American History Month, Black History Month, and Women's History Month. Well, the center is going to be focused on celebrating those opportunities of culture throughout the year, not just in a month, because we know all of these minoritized populations deserve more than just a month. So we are really going to be focused on that. And when it comes to our Latinx community, we have some wonderful things in store. Adelante, man. That That is awesome. You know, I want to give a shout out to, in, in remembrance of the late Alice Pena as well, who's, who worked with John Flores very closely uh, for so many years and, and was really an advocate for students on campus as well as in the community. And there were so many times that Alice would give me a call or would uh, come to my office and we would talk about initiatives for SVS students as well as just, you know, dealing with the, the students in at the high school level. So shout out to the, uh, the late uh, Alice Pena uh, who uh, passed about a, a month or two ago, correct? Yeah. Yes. Fantastic woman. Yes. yes, fantastic woman. And you know what? She was here working alongside John Flores. Um, Alice was a pillar in our community. She had served on several um, scholarship boards that she actually... LULAC, um, yes. Yeah, LULAC. It, LULAC helped um, help provide me um, scholarships to finance my higher education dream, right? So, shouts out to Alice. She's a wonderful, beautiful person and um god bless her and yeah. her family. yeah isn't that something that she helped you with the scholarships that to get you through to where you actually got four uh degrees at svsu and now we're talking today on me hint in the air about scholarships that are going to benefit our community for those who are uh have a um fifty thousand or less income in their families they can have their students uh, apply for this scholarship. Tell me about that again, Jennifer, because that that is such a big, big pivotal uh, announcement. I think for the uh, my listening audience. Yeah, and actually, I would say that they don't even have to really apply for it. It's going to be an automatic consideration for students. So it's very, very simple. Literally, the student just applies and gets admitted to the university. If they're an incoming freshman, you know, senior out of high school, graduating, coming in, they apply, get admitted submit their FAFSA form, which is the free application for federal student aid. And as soon as that gets processed, um, we will automatically um, put students into consideration for the Cardinal Commitment. And if they have any of that remaining funding uh, left over after some, some uh, scholarships and different things that are applied in there, um, the university would guarantee the remaining tuition coverage for their, their whole four years that are here. So it's an amazing opportunity, and it's going to be very simple and easy for them to do through that financial aid process. And um, hopefully we'll be able to do that uh, very um, 
you know, as an impact for, for a lot of students and families who didn't think maybe that was an achievable goal for them. So I'm very excited. Yeah, that is exciting. Roberto, uh, how soon can we look to see that multicultural center? What, when is the groundbreaking and or what's the process that they're going to uh, look forward in the coming months? Well, right now we're shooting for the for September of this year to open the center. That's very tentative right now, um, but I do know that uh, I got the email today, Larry. I can share with you that I will be boxing up my office as of Thursday and uh, <laughs> going to a, a central location on campus as they're building the center. So we're very excited again, Larry, to have this and and you know. Um, and especially I know that uh, a majority of your audience is local to the Saginaw community and maybe even beyond, as you said, and we have maybe some listeners out there that are maybe they're out of state or out of town that are listening to you because I know your audience goes far beyond this community, but they maybe have young ones that are graduating and in this area. And I just want to also remind them that, you know, throughout this pandemic, you know, SVSU was able to hold in-person classes. Our residence halls are open, so if students want that campus full campus experience as a freshman you know all they have to do is get a hold of Carmen get a hold of Jennifer and uh, we can help them you know um, open up that experience for them because you know that's very critical as um, we look at you know the changing needs of our students wanting that campus experience so but we're looking for fall of this year and we're so excited I also want to thank our president um, Dr. Bashan he has been instrumental and really leading this initiative and committed to building this center. So um, we're, we're very excited here. Yes, yes. We have to get a shout-out to him as well as Dr. Mamie Thorns um, because she invited me to that diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, diversity council meeting, and I was privy to learn about this and was so excited and said, hey, we got to get you guys on uh, Mi Gente on Air because it's that important and it's such a great thing for our community. So I want to thank you both for being with me today on Mi Gente on Air and sharing that piece of information. And please keep us in touch with all that's going on there because we have to have that collaboration between us so that we can get that information out to our community at large. Thank you so much, Larry. Congratulations, too, on your 25th episode um, today. Um, and uh, just keep doing the great work you do for our community. I greatly appreciate you, and uh, um, you take care. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much, Larry, and congratulations. Thanks, Jennifer. Woo. You know, recently we we had this announcement with the Multicultural Center. That was awesome. And we are celebrating the 25th episode of Mi Gente on Air, six months into this. And part of that, and part of my show is, uh, and it seems like it's been happening a lot, is that we have lost so many people to the pandemic as well uh, as other, other uh, ways that they have uh, perished. And our, their memory is with us continuously, and, there, and there's been a, quite a few. We did a show uh, dedicated to Maria Vela, who was the president of La Unión Cívica Mexicana. And we just talked about the late Alice Peña, who was so instrumental at Saginaw Valley State University. And this week, uh, amidst all this celebration, all these opening up of, you know, the, our community from the pandemic, we took a huge loss in the Hispanic community. I can't say how big of a loss it was because it went on for many years, for over 50 years, that this individual was a resident. And her name was Alicia Mosqueda. 
And I'm telling you, Saginaw lost a pillar of faith with the passing of Alicia Mosqueda on Mother's Day of this year. And she was 97 years old. So we were so blessed to have her for so long. And like I said, she was a resident for 50 years, active in many capacities, and left a legacy of faith that changed her community. I want to say that again, left a legacy of faith that changed her community. The former Alicia Maldonado was born in 1923, and she was raised in Ensenal, Texas, and she immigrated here to Michigan and with her husband, Jose Mosqueda, who was married, they were married in 1942 and celebrated 63 years of marriage before his passing. But it was the sugar beet industry of our area that originally attracted the Mosquedas as migrant workers to the Saginaw Valley in 1971. Soon after they came, they decided to settle out of the migrant stream and they stayed in Saginaw. They love Saginaw. And after raising nine children, I believe she had nine children, Alicia was dedicated to her Catholic faith. I can't even say Alicia without feeling bad because I have such respect for this woman. And I knew her as Senora Mosqueda. And honestly, it was Grandma Mosqueda to so many in our community that weren't her bloodline. And yet it was because of her stewardship as a Catholic to St. Joseph Catholic Church. She worked closely with the late Reverend Father Dan Anholzer and followed her calling to assist seasonal migrant workers. She never forgot her roots and countless others in the Hispanic community with their evangelical needs. Her gift of service was vast and included leading Bible study groups in Spanish. It was so badly needed in assisting children and parents in preparation for the rites of baptism and confirmation, and leading prayer for grieving families during the novenas. When somebody passed away, traditionally we would have nine-day novenas in honor of them, for prayers for them. And Mrs. Mosqueda, Grandma Mosqueda, she led these novenas, and she shared communion to those who were hospitalized or homebound. And she would visit us at the Union Civica Mexicana for our brunches and events. And she always left us with a prayer. And I remember when Vanessa Guerra, who was our state representative, when she uh, was running for state representative, she came, she happened to be there at the Union Civica when uh, Grandma Mosqueda was there. And Grandma Mosqueda put her hand on Vanessa's forehead and prayed with her in the kitchen. And it was so moving, the prayer that she gave her to go forth and do what she was meant to do as a state representative. Grandma Mosqueda was commissioned as a lay minister, served as a lector and Eucharistic minister, and was a devoted prayer warrior. But one of the key things that many in our community would see uh, Alicia Mosqueda was at the annual novena to Our Lady of Guadalupe. She held leadership positions for many years in Las Lamas de Guadalupe organization, and as well as with the Crucio movement, with the group of women. She re received a number of awards for her many years of service, including recognition from the Reverend Bishop Francis Ray of the Saginaw Diocese and the M Michigan Commission on Spanish-Speaking Affairs. And for her work in the community, Mrs. Mosqueda, Senora Mosqueda, was also selected as the Saginaw of the Year by the Saginaw News.
and she was also the recipient of the Adelante Faith Award by La Unión Cívica Mexicana in 2011. I was able to present that award to Grandma Mosqueda, and I'll tell you what, she took that microphone like a pro, and her speech of thanks, it turned into a sermon and prayer, and she blessed all of us that night, and this was in 2011, 10 years ago, wow. Later in life, you know, Alicia, Grandma Mosqueda, I, I, I have to keep giving her her props. She shared exceptional cooking skills with the community, with her partners, her sister-in-law, Lola Mosqueda, as well as friends, the late Linda Estrada, and also with Angelita Gonzalez of the Union Civica Mexicana. And so today, you know, I, I have an individual with us who is the grandson of Alicia Mosqueda, and he is a pastor in Bay City, and he spoke so eloquently last night at the wake of the funeral of Alicia Mosqueda, and I wanted to invite him on the show to share with us about the faith of his grandmother, Pastors Marcos Gar Marcos Garcia, Pastor Marcos Salazar. Thank you for being with us today, Larry. Thank you so much, man. It's an honor to be here on the show with you, and uh, I appreciate you uh, uh, inviting me on. Well, well, first of all, my condolences. I know that you and your family are going through a hard time right now, but I know that as a pastor, you're always ready to speak, and this is why I invited you uh, and, and not other family members who maybe were uh, too emotional, and I know you're a pro, and I wanted just to, to you to talk about that faith and what you had said in regard to leadership of faith that changed the community yeah so um you know in, in so many ways uh what you what you had described earlier was uh, already so honoring towards my grandmother thank you so much but you know i'm really a, a larry i'm a recipient of the heritage of heritage of faith that she passed on down uh to of course uh my mother which passed it down to me and so uh, last night when i spoke i I spoke of this idea of that a legacy of faith, uh, it does a few things, but uh, a couple of things I want to highlight. Uh, number one, a legacy of faith uh, changes a family. It changes a family uh, because when one person encounters Christ, uh, you know, uh, that has a ripple effect throughout the family, of course. And uh, we know that we, the faith that we have, uh, our primary place where we practice that faith is right at home. It's right in the family unit. And again, uh, because of her faith, it, it changed our family. Uh, but then that ripples down into a greater impact, uh, that it impacted the, the community of Saginaw. And as you had mentioned earlier, as many know, she was a servant. Uh, you know, she was a prayer warrior. She served families. She served within the church. Her influence, her impact, I mean, uh, lives on today, and uh, you know I know it's kind of cliche for people to say that it just takes one one person to change a city, but it's actually true. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, it just takes one person who is willing to uh, live out their faith. And uh, Larry, you might be familiar with the saying. You know, uh, at least I've heard this before. You might be the only Bible someone reads, right? And so, yes. Um, and this is true of Alicia's life, of my grandmother's life, for her. Uh, you know, for many people in the community, they might not ever pick up a Bible, they may not ever even a attend a church, but if they were 
uh, if they saw her, if they received maybe a blessing, if they were in the presence of her when she prayed, I mean, uh, th- that's what they saw lived out. They they read a portion of Scripture made alive to them, a living example. And I think that's what Alicia uh, obviously has done. And again, uh, we, we honor her. We love her. We uh, Of course, we miss her. But again, I feel so humbled uh, to talk with you. Uh, for the mere fact that I'm a recipient of that, Larry. I'm a, I'm a recipient of yes, that faith being yes. carried down in the family. Yes, and you know, I'm a recipient as well because, as you mentioned, you know, just the image of Senora Mosqueda, your grandmother, at the Damas de Guadalupe, at the Novenas, just to see her there in her presence, you know, was a symbol of faith to to me when I was, uh, you know, attending those Novenas. So, I mean, and that and that's what it was for a lot of people that may not have known her or got the chance to know her intimately, but to actually just see her as a woman of grace, a woman of grace in our community that had outstanding faith that changed her community so thank you so much marcos pastor marcos salazar i, I want to say marcos because i remember <laughs> yeah. you as a little boy talking with your sister yeah. Ugi on the phone all the time when yeah, we were in absolutely. high school and now you're a pastor <laughs> awesome. in bay city so that that is yeah. really awesome so thank you again and condolences to the mosqueda family to you pastor salazar and we honor alicia mosqueda as a pillar of faith in our community here on Mi Gente On Air. Hasta luego. Until next week, we'll see you again. I'm Larry Rodarte on Mi Gente On Air. <laughs>